Hello, this is Chip Alexandru. In this episode, I discuss with Professor Gurhan Koch, founder and chief scientist of Invent Analytics. Invent Analytics brings to retailers the ability to make merchandising, pricing, promotion decisions using a scientific approach. Professor Koch is one of the global leading researchers in operations and supply chain management in the retail space. Many traditional retailers are at the beginning of their journey to leverage analytics and AI. Some of these retailers, as Gurhan mentions later, use human-driven, simple rules such as ABC products, ABC stores, ABC customers, with A being highest priority and C lowest priority, to be able to handle the complexity and the huge number of products. Some even add automation on top. Professor Koch's research shows, however, that there is an optimal answer to be found without human intervention. This was the impetus for starting Invent Analytics a self-driving, self-learning system to enhance retailers' capabilities. Invent Analytics' approach is deeply scientific based on experimentation and A-B testing. A-B testing refers to running in parallel two realities. On one hand, the existing retailer systems and decisions, and on another hand, Invent Analytics' decision tool. This is possible given the large number of stores, categories, and products, and allows for accurate measurement of financial benefits. Invent Analytics is able to generate 2-5% to increase in sales versus the legacy systems. This episode packs lots of great insight about forecasting, pricing, and the impact on consumers' and retailers' profitability. We'll now let Gurhan introduce Invent Analytics, and I'll be back with my three takeaways at the end of the interview. I'm talking to Gurhan Koch, founder at Invent Analytics. Invent Analytics provides advanced analytics solutions to retailers. Gurhan is a university professor and a leading researcher in the field. Gurhan, thank you for joining. Please introduce yourself and Invent Analytics. Thank you, Chip. Thanks for having me on the podcast. As you said, my name is Gurhan Koch. I'm the founder and the chief scientist of Invent Analytics. Invent is a company that provides AI-based inventory and price optimization solutions for retailers based on the leading and cutting-edge science and the technology that has been developed in the most recent periods. Maybe just to come back to your now academic experience, what did you see in your research that actually made you start up Invent Analytics? I work with many large American and European retailers in the course of my academic career in inventory and price optimization type of decisions. And I saw a major opportunity to improve their decision-making because the existing solutions out there and decision-making, although they've automated predictive analytics and decision-making for millions of product combinations to the automation level, which means they can make these decisions at large scale, they still, all of these systems still ask the users, the managers, what kind of service level they want to provide or what kind of strategy they want to follow. And the decision makers still rely on simple rules that are, you know, like ABC products, ABC stores, ABC customers, and so on. And, you know, let the AI-based system follow a couple of simple rules. And this is not the optimal answer because nobody can answer this question correctly for millions of product and location combinations. And the rules effectively are like the old systems. So this is basically having like a great car, but driving it with very simple rules. And in my academic research, and other people have actually shown that there are optimal answers to these problems. If you carry 
the rules of this decision making or business into the financial domain, where when you lose a customer, there's a lost margin, dollar loss margin associated with it. Or when you make a cust when you lose a customer to the competitor, or when they reduce their frequency of the visit, the customer lifetime value will be impacted. And you can quantify all these numbers and therefore make a decision in the financial domain that will generate an optimal answer without asking the users, the managers, what to do for every product and location combination. So that's, this is why I, invent, uh, I started Invent Analytics, to answer these questions in a system that is self-driving, self-learning, and runs as a higher level of intelligence at the top of standard AI-based or automation-based software solutions to take the retailers to a higher level of capability and address all the challenges that they're facing in a competitive dynamic marketplace. To start a bit with baselining the state of the industry, what have you seen in terms of the maturity of analytic solutions at the retailers you talk globally? Obviously, it varies from retailer to retailer, and there are some that are very mature, but most, I would say, are at the beginning of the learning curve, both in terms of their investment in technology, which is in some cases actually setting up the necessary infrastructure to keep their data in order with their necessary level of granularity and the information. And also at the beginning of the learning curve in terms of how to use that data in various cases, in various dimensions. I would say if you look at you know, different application areas of analytics, I'm more knowledgeable about the supply chain and merchandising pricing type of areas. But I think in all other areas that may be store analytics, uh, workforce, HR analytics, CRM or now customer lifetime relationship type of analytics and personalization analytics, retailers are mostly at the early stages of making use of the capabilities that are out there. Clearly, I think e-commerce retailers are more advanced because they have to kind of leapfrog and start from a more advanced level of capability and that more traditional retailers are trying to catch up. Now moving uh, on to Invent Analytics, what does uh, Invent Analytics practically do and how does it work? We do two major things. One is inventory optimization and the other one is price optimization. Both of them work in a similar fashion. So we are a cloud-based software-as-a-service system that work with a retailer. Uh, we get all their data ingesting our systems and we create two sets of outputs. One is forecasts. And we do this at a you know advanced fashion that is a little bit different from other machine learning based systems. We basically generate probabilities of demand, whether it's zero units, one units, two units, three units, as a function of the activities that we are taking, which may be inventory or price decisions, and what would happen at the most granular level and also at higher levels. Using these forecasts and the profit optimization that I mentioned earlier, which is putting everything in financial terms, we apply kind of a financial portfolio optimization technique for our decisions and generate inventory shipment decisions or price decisions for the next week or the next day for the retailer. And we pump this back into the infrastructure, like the ERP of the retailers. So this is the flow of what we do. The impact of this is actually quite interesting. We're able to generate these answers. And these systems, the nice thing about retail is it's like a huge laboratory. You can do all sorts of experiments. And we are willing to experiment with our solutions in the following way. We take half of the retailer and apply our algorithms 
or our decisions that come from the algorithms that we build versus the legacy systems or the current decision making, which may be a hybrid of software and people. And then we compare them in a scientifically controlled A-B test. And what we measure is we don't measure simple KPIs because every retailer has actually two major KPIs. One is profitability and the other one is revenue or market share. We measure these two outcomes from our set of products and stores or channels versus the control set. And the difference is the impact of a better solution. And this measurement, this is the other nice thing about retail you can actually, because the space is so big, you can actually measure even small differences with precision, statistical precision. And the impact could be, in our case, we usually generate about, depending on the retailer, depending on their maturity, 200 to 500 basis points of profit improvement for the retailer, which comes usually an increase of 2 to 5% increase in sales purely because of better decision-making. So the stores are the same, the customers are the same, the products are the same, the employees are the same, the marketing campaign is the same. But a more granular and responsive decision-making has the power to increase the profitability of retailer by these types of amounts. Just to give you context for the listeners, you know, for a $10 billion retailer, 1% profit improvement, 100 basis points profit improvement corresponds to $100 million. Uh, 200 basis points is $200 million. And we see this in many cases that we're able to generate these numbers. As a result of this, the return on investment in analytical capabilities, in our case, for inventory and price optimization, but potentially in other application areas as well, is tremendous. There is no such return on investment in anything else that you can do as a manager. The last part that is nice about this is this is immediate impact. So this is not a return on investment that will come in three years or seven years. In a matter of weeks or months, you could be actually reaping these types of benefits. That's great. Let's perhaps uh, go a bit deeper into some of the things that you mentioned. Uh, so for starting with demand forecasting, right? Sure. What are the key challenges with uh, getting an accurate prediction using the tools retailers have today? And uh, what does uh, Invent Analytics bring in addition? Is it additional data points that looked at? Is it just the machine learning methodology? Is it this A-B testing? How is Invent Analytics able to do a better uh, prediction? I think if we talk about forecasting in general, first of all, forecasting is very difficult. And I think it should start with an appreciation of a couple of basic principles. One, better data cleaner data is very critical and many companies lack the discipline especially in retail to keep organized and maintain their data in proper form so that it could be useful for these types of activities second piece is more data is helpful right so if you have other data sources if you're closer to the customer if you have capabilities to follow the customer around and sense the trends early on these would be beneficial and they would help. Invent does not bring its own data sources. So we, are, we take all the data from the retailer or third-party suppliers that the retailer would work with to collect that data. But they, they are helpful in some cases. Also, I mean, not only customers, sometimes also competitive intelligence becomes a critical role. And the third component, the basic principle about forecasting is that forecasts are never going to be accurate. If you think about, you know, if you go to Las Vegas to play blackjack, your forecasts are going to be always terrible. 
but you could be a better forecaster if you count the cards. So this is one level of improvement. But the second level of improvement is the decision-making that comes with forecasting. If you recognize that your forecasts are inaccurate in different forms and shapes or levels for different types of decision problems, but then change your decision-making to take into account the inaccuracies in the forecast, you could actually improve a lot. So that's the difference between a professional blackjack or a you know, good blackjack player versus a person who just thinks that, you know, I'm not able to forecast, therefore I don't, my decision-making is immaterial. So these basic principles are also valid for retail forecasting. What we bring to the table, in addition to these basic principles, is that we use you know, machine learning as much as anybody else, I think. But what we do is we realize in retail, when you have many products and many locations, the decision-making is very granular. So high-level forecasts, let's say a good budget forecast, is not very useful for the decision-making for a retailer, whether it's a marketing manager, whether it's a merchandise planner, or an inventory analyst. What they need is actually granular forecasts. And granular forecasts are always highly inaccurate. So we, our approach that is different from some of the past uh, technology is that we focus on what we call probabilistic forecasting. So we try to generate probability of events happening and we assign those so that we can actually have a betting scheme to address different events depending on how likely they are and how unlikely they are. Perhaps moving on uh, quickly to pricing. Pricing is uh, well known as the most important lever to drive uh, profitability. Now in a physical yes. retailer, in physical retail, retailers uh, are not always able to change prices very easily, right? Where do you see the biggest opportunity here in pricing? Is it the macro price changes that happens, I don't know, with some uh, frequency, or there is even something that could happen at the micro level more during the day or, uh, or in uh, price changes? This is actually one of the areas that we're working on currently in a very concentrated fashion, and it's very interesting. There are two types of pricing problems. One is algorithmic pricing, where you, in some level of aggressiveness, follow your competitors, in which you change daily, even actually minute by minute, the prices to follow the lowest price or to follow your competitors and so on. So this is a little bit more possible, obviously, more in the e-commerce side. And a lot of companies are making investments to do this properly. And there is obviously an opportunity because in e-commerce, especially where customers are have full price transparency, they can see the prices and they can, they can choose the one that is the lowest price. So it's a very important competitive tool. On the other hand, it takes away, you know, this is also a curse for the retailers, whether they're online or offline, because it takes away the capability to take a strategic position in terms of prices. You are just a follower. And therefore, the opportunity from benefiting from pricing will go away if a retailer takes this approach. The second part of the story is the long-term impact of prices on the customer relationship with the customer, especially in environments where a customer has a re repeated relationship with the retailer. For example, for Amazon, where you go there almost every day to buy something new, or for a grocery retailer, you go there every week to buy or either go to their website or to their stores to buy your weekly shopping. In these cases, most pricing algorithms recommend if you do a short-term profitability analysis, and this is basically the state of the world, state of the art in the world, they would recommend increasing prices of most of the products. 
And if you do an experiment in the short term, they would increase profitability. What they don't take into account is what would the customer do as you increase the prices of every item, let's say 1% over time. The customer in the short term, when they're in the supermarket or when they're in the website, they're still likely to buy. But when they notice this over time, the long-term impact will be different. What they don't take into account is the long-term impact with the customer relationship. Customer, as they notice the increase in prices over time, a couple of things could happen. They may stop buying those items from this retailer. They may stop or reduce their frequency of visits to this retailer. Or, or they may completely end their relationship. And the long-term impact of this is significant. And taking this into account in a price optimization solution is honestly quite challenging. But what it requires is a more significant and more intimate understanding of how customers react to price changes rather than just looking at short-term sales levels. And this could be very powerful if you actually understand not just one type of customer, but recognize that there are many, many different types of customers who has different kinds of relationship with a certain retailer, with different shopping habits, with different categories or products that they're interested in, with different types of interest in the promotions and so on. And a change in pricing or a change in promotion will affect these groups of customers differently. A retailer that is able to do this or a solution that is able to understand this high-dimensional response better will actually have a better understanding and a better way of optimizing its prices for long-term profitability. What retail verticals and type of retailers use uh, Invent Analytics? Could you share some success stories? Of course. Frankly, we have retailers from almost all product categories. We work with grocery retailers. We work with apparel, fashion retailers. We have electronics, hobby, do-it-yourself type of retailers, department stores who carry many different types of products. And we have pure e-commerce customers as well as you know, all our brick-and-mortar customers have some or significant omnichannel presence. And for different retailers, clearly the, some of our solutions are more relevant. So for fashion retailers, for example, markdown price optimization and seasonal short-life product allocation is more significant. For grocery retailers, replenishment and inventory planning solution is more relevant. And for e-commerce, dynamic pricing, like you mentioned before, dynamic within-day pricing becomes more relevant. I can give you maybe two examples, one from inventory side and one from the pricing side. So on the inventory side, and I think it will demonstrate not only this impact of the solution, but also the business model. We have large department store in the U.S. as a customer. Uh, they have many, several billion dollars of annual turnover. And we contacted them in 2018, two years ago. And they were using a heavily invested standard infrastructure for managing their inventory. In as short as almost three months, or I guess a little less than three months, we were actually fully integrated to their system. Our integration is very light because it doesn't require infrastructure changes. And we were live for 20% of their business as an A-B test. What we changed is really nothing other than the shipments that go to the stores for different products. But it increased availability, 
and it decreased the level of inventory in the stores coming out of the Christmas holiday periods. And the net impact of this A-B test was in the order of uh, several hundred basis points of profit improvement. So this is, if you think about a very quick path that any retailer can use to go to a higher level of sales and higher level of like for like growth and a higher level of profitability. The second example we have is from a European fashion retailer for price of markdown price optimization. So similar story, uh, in a very short period of time, this retailer had 2,000 stores in about 15 plus countries in uh, Europe. And markdown price optimization, for those of you who don't know this, is basically, you know, I buy a shirt for X dollars, I sell it for $100 in the regular season. And as the season comes to close, uh, if my inventory levels are high for this particular type of shirt, I want to mark it down every week. How much do you mark it down? And when do you mark it down is a decision. And there are ways to do this with, again, simple rules. Or you could actually use the type of machinery that I've described. And in this case, the test is more difficult because most retailers use markdown prices saying in a way that they would set the same price within one country. Therefore, for a good A-B test here, we would need multiple countries. And that's what we did. We took two of their, two of their mid-sized countries and took half of the categories in one country as A, set A, and the other, category, the other group as B. And in the other country, we did the reverse. So we took, let's say, men in country one and women in country two. And then you have, again, a cross-controlled A-B test because you cannot say, I have, I'm, like, I'm lucky in this country because you have half of the country. And you cannot say, I'm lucky in men's category because you have, half of the, you have the men in both countries. And again, we look at what we look at here is the metric here is how much revenue do you recover from the existing inventory investment? Because everything you generate is dollar margin, or in this case, euro margin, that would add to the net bottom line of the company. And in this case, we were able to generate in the 12-week clearance period, we were able to generate 6% higher revenues for this retailer, which corresponds to roughly 200 basis points, so 2% of sales profit improvement for the retailer's annual turnover. And then we were able to roll it out for multiple countries after this success story. This is a great example. Gurhan, as uh, we are reaching now, we are getting close to the end. I'd like to end with uh, some thoughts on the impact of COVID on retail. How shall retailers adjust their analytics to account for this uh, unique disruption? Well, I, I think this is a great question. We see two types of retailers. One is companies like grocery or companies like Puricom, who have seen a significant spike in their demand as a result of COVID. And the second group are those, some of them are fashion retailers and some of them are non-fashion, but they have their brick and mortar stores closed and they sell mostly discretionary items where customers can actually postpone the purchases. These companies, these retailers have seen a significant decrease in their revenues and they're trying to climb back up to normal. So this challenge for these two types of retailers are different. The challenge for the first type of retail or for the, when we think about COVID, everybody thinks about the second type, which is how do we get back to normal? Here, I think it starts with the customer. 
we need actually better analytics about understanding the customer. What are they doing? Where have they been shopping? What did they stop buying? What did they continue buying? And how can we bring them back to stores or to our e-commerce, you know, online channels? And this requires, I think, not only the internal data sets that they have, they use in a more regular, normal period, but to bring in different data sets and be more open to investigation and using analytics to support their decision-making faster. The first group who has seen a spike in, in their sales, they have a good problem to solve. Their objective should be, you know, how do I keep these new customers that I've gained or how do I keep their basket sizes as big as they are still now compared to pre-COVID? And this also has the same type of requirement. It, we need to understand what are customers doing? Why are they buying more or less of these categories? What is their motivation? And what are the sets of data that may be available to answer these questions better? And then adopt their both merchandising, pricing, inventory for brick and mortar retailers, store location or store opening, closing decisions, uh, and their overall marketing message to either bring back the customers they have partially lost or to keep the customers that they've gained. And this is obviously going to be a challenging time. And inventory and pricing, which is an area that we're active in, is some of the critical pillars of a strong approach to deal with these challenges. Good, this was great. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Chip. This was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Let's wrap it up with my three takeaways. Number one, when business decision-making is subject to a large amount of variables and combinations, such as in merchandising, supply chain, and pricing in retail, human decision-making will attempt to simplify based on rules. It can be scientifically proven that this decision-making could be improved on through artificial intelligence and advanced analytics. Number two, modern solutions do not require long implementations and large upfront costs. They are cloud-based and integrating with existing systems and should be able to begin to operate within weeks. Number three, as we saw in last week's episode on Affinity's human pairing and this week's episode on Invent Analytics, best solutions can prove the benefit over and over versus the current decisions and in the process allow for creative and sticky pricing options where they charge for a share of the value they continuously generate. 